Hola, yo soy Del Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Del and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Now, what would straight talk be in Spanish? Um, uh, derecha is, is, is uh, no, that's right. That's the right, right? To the, the right. Derecha, derecha. It's always right, derecha is straight. So I believe it's derecha. Ooh, I'm rusty. Uh, hablar, voy a hablar derecha, muy derecha. Hablando well, derecha, I don't know. As everybody joins us, I feel I must say you're looking very festively fall right now. Yes, it's all the pumpkins behind. Yeah, and the, your fall plaid. Oh, I forgot to button these. You know these little buttons, how you forget to button them? I know. I just hate them. Why do they still put those on? It feels no. like, because I know it's for when you were a little boy, you know, you put your tie through it so your tie doesn't slide out. But as a grown up, don't you know how? There, it's all done. I'm all done. I put a little makeup on. Derecha is right. Thank you, David. Yeah, I should. I, you know, I should know. I have a degree, so. Um, but it, you don't use it. It does not stay. It starts to go. I know. Early on in the lockdown, when I was like, "Oh, I can do things because I'm non-essential," I was trying to work back up my Mandarin on Duolingo. And I, I only I only managed to make it about four weeks before I thought, you know what? I just have to admit that when I have a lot of free time, I'm gonna watch television. That's what I do. Yeah, you do. You 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 are a TV aficionado. And y'all, we're gonna talk about television a little later. I made the show a little looser. You know, there's been so much pressure with the election. Uh, first of all, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Periscope, on Twitter, say hello. Please share the broadcast with your friends. We sit at right at the same number of viewers now, six months later that we were at the beginning of the <laughs> pandemic. And as much as we enjoy you all, if we were an economy, that's not good. That's not the best growth path. <laughs> we're not growing. <laughs> no, it's like, oh, it's we have up. not. Oh, I mean, don't worry. Y'all are enough. We are too. But, you know, if we really just wanted to do this for our own health, I could FaceTime them like we do in the mornings. Yes, well, that, that which we have not been doing so much uh, I know. lately. So I we, feel like we, we genuinely are like, like it, it's like we're 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 genuine when we come on. Used to we were kind of fake. Oh, how are you, Emerson Collins? Oh. I know. I feel like y'all can tell that we're not talking as many hours during the day right now because the opening of the show is a little more genuinely excited than just performance excited. Yes, we had. Um, we, yes. Howdy boys, howdy boys. Uh, so hey y'all, um, I didn't even give us big discussion topics. I only had one, that two. Uh, one, it was delightful to find out that in the multiple vaccines that are being worked on, the 95% Moderna, that Dolly Parton gave a million dollars, the Dolly Parton COVID-19 fund gave a million dollars towards that Moderna I mean, vaccine. I mean, how amazing is that? Um, that's like me giving ten dollars, but still, it's a, it's crazy. It's just crazy that um, that she I gave that dollars to Fair Fight this week, and that was like my donation budget for the week. Well, we do oh, what we do, right? She's just making us all look bad. No, she's not. She's in making the best herself, way. She is the closest thing to an angel on earth, a swan. 
She, I swan. I'm like, you know, it's so funny you say I swan because I swan is something that I grew up with. I don't know if you grew up with I, I'll swan and I'll swanny. You know, it's that. And, and so people always write me still to this day and ask me if there's a typo in the playbook of sorted lives that should be I swear instead of I'll, I'll swan. But my mother always said I swan. Like archaic Southern thing. Nobody I, I grew up with. Uh, said it. Aswani? Did you just say that? Is Aswani? That, that's how it, that's the original. Like the river? Like uh -huh, way down uh -huh. on the Swanee River? That reminds me of some of those racist Southern songs I had to sing at Baylor. Oh, I know. Have you I think ever about... told you this story? No, I don't think First so. Of all, <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny. Well, it's unlikely when there's a story we haven't told each other. Um, I know, but you have to get to it before I have kid answer. Have that's I true. ever told you this story? The Cotillion oh. in Waco for the rich kids is called the Cotton Palace Pageant. First of all, already we're not we're on a road. Um, but the Baylor theater students had to help put on the Cotton Palace Pageant, so we all worked at it. And because I was in the musical theater group, I was asked to sing, and they gave me two songs to sing, and the lyrics to one of the songs. I like read them for the first time and I said, I can't sing this. And they were like, why not? They sung it at every pageant. I was like, I can't sing a song that talks about Ephraim and Mammy and Pappy and Sammy waiting to put the cotton on the Robert E. Lee. Oh. Y'all, this was not that long ago. I mean, it was longer ago than it looks like, but it, I, I was like, I cannot sing that song. Well, uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> but they were just shocked. Just no one had ever been the least bit bothered. And I just thought this white boy, you know, I've Lord knows we've done enough now that there's plenty of clips out there of me saying stuff I shouldn't have. But at that point in my life, I hadn't yet. Well, you know, that, that maybe now with with uh, Black Lives Matter, maybe they're paying attention a little bit more. I mean, I know that a lot of people that you, they go, oh, I, I never thought about that. I never yeah. thought about that, you know. Yeah. And so, it was, you know, and it's just old, a lot of those old Southern songs that would just, when you think about the lyrics that you're singing, it's like those other verses of the national anthem and things, being aware of the meaning. That was I mean, not I, relevant. I know. And I, 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 oh, I wish I were in the land of cotton. I don't. I don't wish I were there. I don't. Uh -uh. Look away. That's what, that's the good lyric. Look away. Look yeah. away from the, Dixieland. The, you you know. have nostalgia for the country those people were trying to make America great again is the only reason that you could be looking positively back at that. Yeah. Mm. Well, hey, everybody. Oh, I had one other thing. Did you see that Twitter added stories? So now Instagram has stories. They stole it from Snapchat and Twitter now has it too. At the top of your Twitter page, you can make a story. They're calling them fleet. Someone put that this morning. They put uh, Chad, our friend Chad Darnell. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. He put something about fleet, and I said, as an enema. I didn't know what he was talking about, and he said they can't get it. They can't give us the ability to edit, which right. would be so nice. They will never um, do that because of quote tweeting. Because you can change what your thing says. They'll never do it. You'll never get edit. But we can send fleets, and all I'll be thinking about is cleaning out for some butt sex on Twitter. Well, all right. How do we How segue do into something from that? Topics, um, How, with, with fleets and fleet, well, you can think about Fleet Week and sailors, but that still makes me think of gay sex too. So, um, Or you could go to Fleetwood Mac. You could yeah. then go to Fleetwood Mac and then Stevie uh -huh. Nicks, which also Wood, makes you think of butt sex. Fleetwood still sex. 
Well, which makes sense because what we do here at the Dell and Emerson show is LGBTQ news and nonsense. Do y'all like that? I'm like being a little lower key. It's a little looser. I'm trying to be more spontaneous with us. Oh, well, in this free show that we do for all y'all, and we are sure glad that you're here. Um, so I am. I'm very glad. I'm very glad that you're all here. All of you, all the ones that were here from the very beginning. I'm glad you're still here. So I saw what did it what was that? I just and I you know you... about fleet enemas why? Uh, yeah, why I saw I someone share a message that said they used one the other day just just cause stuck at home in lockdown, can't see anybody, but did <laughs> like, feel good. Just a, just a, a, a distant memory. Oh, that's what it was like to prepare. That's right. Oh, oh, that's a uh, good old preparation. I know the amount of people you know that normally would trim and scape and whatever that have just been like, you know what? You got to tell me when I can leave the house again. Just give like, it a whole. I know. I told you one day I was manscaping like early in the pandemic and I just looked at, I go, why? For whom? For whom? For whom? Um, sissy uh, wants to say hello. She keeps hearing hi, your voice. Sissy. Hi, I know, bless it. Hi, girl. All right, Sissy, I'm gonna tell a story. Um, and thank you all for being here, truly, we love it. So starting off with the SCOTUS. Last week, uh, likely the most conservative justice on the Supreme Court, Samuel Alito, gave a rare public speech as the keynote address for an event sponsored by the ultra-conservative group, the Federalist Society. Now, during the speech, he declared that the great challenges before the Supreme Court going forward will be to protect freedom of speech because previous rulings and lawmakers have limited or plan to limit it. Now let's discuss the kind of speech he's talking about protecting. He specifically mentioned the Obergefell marriage equality case. He said, you can't say that marriage is a union between one man and one woman. Until recently, that's what the vast majority of Americans thought. Now it's considered bigotry. Uh-huh. That's This would happen after our decision in Obergefell should not have come as a surprise. He wrote a dissent at the time of that verdict about why he thought it was bad. He's, um, he also reiterated his support for the cake baker in that Masterpiece Colorado case, excusing the bigotry by saying that Jake Phillips, who owned Masterpiece, uh, his refusal would not keep any same-sex couple from having a wedding cake. So saying his bigotry is fine because they could just go somewhere else. He said, it pains me to say this, but in certain quarters, religious liberty is fast becoming a disfavored right. One of the great challenges for the Supreme Court will be to protect freedom of speech, Although that freedom is falling out of favor in some circles, we need to do whatever we can to prevent it from becoming a second tier constitutional right. For many today, religious liberty is not a cherished freedom. It's often just an excuse for bigotry and can't be tolerated even when there's no evidence that anybody has been harmed. The question we face is whether our society will be inclusive enough to tolerate people with unpopular religious beliefs. No, my answer to that is no. If your religious beliefs are bigoted, meaning they go against the other rights enumerated for other individuals in our society, as we have said, and I will continue saying till we stop having this argument, if the deeply held beliefs of your religion are bigoted, you're bigoted. Doesn't matter. That's right. That's right. And I, they're not going to, you know, at some point you go, okay, I, I don't think that uh, black should have cakes. I don't think that uh, Hindu people should have cakes or whatever. It, is yeah. discrimination. It was religion that didn't want interracial marriage. It was religion that didn't want women to vote. That didn't want people of color to be treated equally. Black people to not be slaves. Like religion was used at every it was, it was religion that justified slavery because it of was, some bullshit 
Bible verse, yes. you know? So, um, and I'm so sorry if anyone is offended by me saying bullshit Bible verse, then you're probably watching the wrong show. Uh -huh. um, I mean, we're happy that you're here, but we're not going to stop. I, but, no. and, and, but it matters, right? Because the, he was in that decision that said they want to revisit marriage equality with Amy Coney Barrett. They have a definitive conservative majority. We are probably going to be talking about and watching the Supreme Court really closely this year for this first set of decisions that come out in the spring, giving us a sign of what kinds of newly gained freedoms, equality, and opportunity uh, could potentially be rolled back. So, and he's just a big God. Just isn't it ugh. awful that as soon as that, he, that story came out, I just went and Googled his age. I just wanted to say, well, how old is he? How close how is much he? he? I mean, is he? How's he? How's his health? What does he look like? But he's how thin. Old is, and how old is he? Do you remember? He's seventy. And maybe he's he can hang out with Chuck Grassley this weekend. Yes. Oh, and by the way, I want to tell him Emerson Collins. I said, I said, uh, Chuck Grassley. Well, I should tell him myself too. I said, I told you we may get the Senate back. Chuck Grassley has tested positive for COVID, and Emerson laughed at my little text to him. But then when I came and I said, Oh, we could talk about. It. He said, I don't want to talk about her. I did not say her. You didn't say her. I thought no, I heard her. I don't. Um, I don't say. Well, that she's at all. not. Not about Chuck Grassley. I used to say it about Lindsey Graham, but I had to stop. I had to stop. Someone called me out about misgendering Lindsey Graham. So I stopped. I stopped. I made a commitment. No more. No more misgendering. And well, and for me, it goes back to that's one of that's an in-group thing for me. You know, like I, I say she about myself sometimes, her about myself, mocking the sort of owning the feminine accusation that came at me as a kid, not being masculine enough in Texas. But I never applied to someone else without knowing they're comfortable with it. To me, that's right. you know, a nickname. I wouldn't say she about a random homosexual, only about the ones that I know and love and are okay with it. Uh, yeah, and you know what? You we, We've talked about this before on the show, but you really gave me a good lesson. This is when we were doing it over at uh, the, the other place. And you, um, I used to get really offended when people would call me girl. And you said, I, I think we should embrace that because we were, the reason you take, we've reclaimed it. We go, okay, you know, call me sissy, call me, whatever. I, someone yelled out the window to me the other day in West Hollywood, said faggot. Someone just yelled out faggot. And I go, yes, guilty. You know, here I am. Fuck you. Um, someone did that to me once and I turned and looked and it was a friend. See, you know, there's all of those things. I feel like your relationship, I wouldn't even a, a gay man that I know that I only kind of knew as an acquaintance, I wouldn't do it to that person right. uh, without knowing their comfort level. So to me, those kind of things, you can reclaim it with people you love. Leave everybody else alone. All right. Well, traveling on, if you watch the long week of election coverage, which I did at nauseum, you probably at some point watched uh, MSNBC's resident numbers expert and uh, out political journalist, Steve uh, Kornacki, uh, between the lockdown and the tension of waiting, viewers got a little loopy and thirsty, naming him Map Daddy and Chart Throb and Corsnacky. And MSNBC gave him a Kornacki cam so viewers could watch him while nothing else was happening. Uh, New York Magazine called him the only cute thing about the election, adding, either his butt looks especially good or we're just slowly being driven mad by tonight, this election, and the past four years. They also discovered that uh, Kornacki's standard khakis are from Gap, 
uh, and the, the modern khaki in the uh, Palomino brown color, of course, the Palomino brown color, probably straight fit. Uh, well, a Gap spokesman told today that it saw a dramatic increase in online traffic. And within a day, we saw 90% uh, unit sell increase online after the information was shared. Uh, Kornacki said on air, I've got a bunch of them. Kornacki also recently revealed that his election night energy was fueled by adrenaline and Diet Coke. And that between Tuesday night's coverage and Friday's continued counting of the votes, he only got about five hours of sleep nodding off at his desk. He said, I got home on Saturday and I slept for 50 and a half hours. Someone at MSNBC Social saw all the attention and made him make this response, which he is so adorably uncomfortable. Um, y'all, watch this. After everybody calling him Corsnacky all week, uh, why won't it? Oh, there she is. Uh, it's clearly someone was like, Steve, you have to talk to the people at home and watch how uncomfortable he is. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, you may not recognize me. There's no giant touch screen behind me but steve Kornacki here i just wanted to say I, I saw after i finally uh left the studio uh all these incredibly you know kind and, and <laughs> kind uh, and nice friendly everybody had, had on uh, social media there I just wanted to he, he keeps looking down at that when he looked down when he said friendly he was like uh, some of y'all yeah. have done too much, and that was the nicest way he could say it. Well, I have to say, I was more of a CNN person, and I don't think that he was the only hot one. And I'm not talking about John King, y'all. I'm talking about Phil Mattingly. I think Phil Mattingly is so adorable, and he was at that map when John King wasn't. But I don't, man, they they were well, all just yes, they were. Phil Mattingly is like in the training wheel spot on his way to be John King. Um, and what, but what's funny about Steve Kornacki, though, because like John King appears throughout the year. Steve Kornacki's like the gay groundhog of election numbers. He you know, just comes like, around. He, he pops out on election night and then we don't see him again for two years. And he clearly works as a political reporter all year long. But he's so rarely I mean, he does make other appearances, but it's like the others we see a lot more. And it's always like, well, oh, it's Matt is, and also he's one of ours. He is gay and uh, yeah. Madden Lee and King are not. So there we go. Correct. There's um, hope. People feel there's hope. Oh, yeah, I could have. Yes, I, I gave up lusting after straight guys a long time ago. I'd rather yeah, have oh. an impossible homosexual because the fantasy Waste, works. Just wasted energy. Wasted uh -huh. energy. Who yeah. has the time? I like. I can't. It's like you know. I want to know at least in my mind it's possible. I don't want them I, to exactly. imagine them being poor. It's called living with hope in my heart. I like exactly. living with hope in my heart. Yep. Um, and in continuing fun election news, I wanted to share a, a fun little new exciting thing in West Hollywood. Uh, local personal spotlight, WeHo just selected two new members to our city council, replacing the two longest serving incumbents. One of them has been on the council for all but three months since WeHo was incorporated as a city in 1984. So you're looking at Seppi Shine, who, according to the research, it seems will be the first out LGBTQ Iranian American elected to any public office anywhere. She's a lawyer, mm. business operator, and a longtime advocate for LGBTQ and women's rights. She's currently on the West Hollywood Business License Commission. 
and was previously a member of the city's uh, Lesbian and Gay Advisory Board. And the other one that you're looking at, John Erickson, a gay man who at 35 will be the youngest person on the council, Director of Public Affairs for Planned Parenthood LA. And it's interesting because we vote here in WeHo on an at-large basis. So everybody that's running is on the same ballot and just the two highest vote getters get the two spots as they're up. They introduced term limits not too long ago. So we'll be seeing more change. And Steffi Shine, who I definitely voted for personally, told the LA Times, people are ready for change with everything we have gone through with the social justice movement, the pandemic, people have awoken to want evolution on every level. So some new blood, new excitement here in my little hometown. Yeah, I'm not, I do not uh, vote in West Hollywood anymore, but it was interesting to me because, you know, one of our, our um, someone I know, actually, John Duran, who has been on that council forever, but has weathered a lot of scandal in his uh, career. And yeah, they, 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 what's that? He was, yeah, he, uh, yeah. And, and, and I don't think the other incumbent was, was he in was the top third. three. Oh, yeah. he was third. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, thank you. Thank you for that, and congratulations right now, to them. And a reminder, y'all, as we watch national and we've all paid attention to state elections, being engaged, involved, and aware at your local level is most important. The next generation of state and federal leaders come from your local politics. It's honestly newer for me to be really paying attention throughout the year to my local politics. So I was thinking the other day, I was thinking when I was down in Palm Springs, I thought, you know what? I might just run someday. I just may run in Palm Springs. I think I could have a shot here in Palm Springs. I'm trying Springs. to convince Scott Nevins. Are you? I bet Scott, well, Scott yes. should run. My I God, know. he is meant to be. Um, tell him that we will blast out for him. All right. Uh, I, Scott Nevins for fill in the blank. I mean, if Sonny Bono can win mayor, come on. Uh, so continuing in the spotlight of political visibility up in Maine, Gay Representative Ryan Fechtow, I believe, Fechtow is the way yeah. you say it, Fechtow, is set to become speaker, I, I wrote it out phonetically and I still fucked it up, is set to become a speaker of the main house of representatives. Democrats nominated Fechtow as speaker Thursday and because they hold a majority in the house, he is all but assured election to the position when the house votes he will be the first out member of the lgbtq community to be main speaker and one of about two dozen to have held such leadership positions nationwide and he's 28 years old y'all he will be the youngest speaker of the house in main history fectile puto I keep saying Tao, who uh, was just elected to a fourth term in the House, was the lead sponsor of Maine's bill uh, barring licensed professionals from subjecting minors to so-called conversion therapy. Yay. Uh, the legislature uh, passed in 19, I mean, in 2019, and Governor Janet Mills signed it into law. He said, I'm filled with hope and determination because when Democrats lead, People are too often forgotten or left at the margins are seen. They are valued and given a fair shot. I am a Democrat because we believe in families like mine who come to Maine for a better life. We believe in people who may not look like us or speak the same language or practice the same religion. He is finishing a stint as assistant majority leader in the House. Uh, serving with uh, Majority Leader Matt Moose, Moon, Moon, Moonin, Moonin, also a gay man. 
uh, making them the first openly gay legislative leadership duo in U.S. history. How cool is that? Uh, yeah. Um, so We're taking it. over. We're just taking over. I live in Atlanta and have religiously voted in every election, state and locally since I turned 18. Yes, y'all got to be you. engaged. All right, I want to okay. chat about something that y'all might have seen. Um, Harry Styles is on the cover of Vogue magazine this December. A very rare thing for a male solo cover. Um, and let me find... Hold on. Did I lose his... Oh, and so while I find the photo, I will just vamp for a moment. He is wearing gowns and skirts in the images. Uh, you know, not a particularly new concept, a man uh, wearing a dress. But look, so there he is, right? This big old gown, this hoop skirt, skirt. Well, y'all, it's funny because there's uh, LGBTQ people who were like, oh, a straight guy in a dress, groundbreaking. You know, a straight guy playing with femininity, but he can take that off and go back to being, you know, a cisgender white straight man uh, any other day. And yet at the same time, y'all, there were some conservatives who just absolutely lost their minds. Now, some of their provocateurs, if you will, Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro weighed in on it. I'm not even going to bother to read what they wrote because they're just trying to figure out what their brand is in the Biden administration. You know, Candace was such a big Trumper and Ben was anti-Trump a lot of the time that they're just picking for attention and to sell books. But I did want to know what you all think and then share some reactions from actual, you know, people. Because like, I don't care, need to give air to the nonsense. But here were some of the reactions. This from a sort of fan. I really like Harry and his music, one of the best artists out there right now, but this is the part of him I don't like. Pushing feminism on men is bad. Society needs men, strong men. It's important. That's so weird. It's just like, weird. It's like, like they're he, threatened. What are they, what, what are they threatened with Harry Styles wearing a, a gown? I mean, it's just so odd to me. Right. It's like, what is the threat to the kind of man there are there will we will never have a shortage of traditionally stereotypically masculine men in the long standing tradition of modern American society, since that's different in different cultures and dress is different in different cultures and have been different in every period throughout history. But just to stick to right now, there is not a shortage of them. Another said. Really, it's unconscionable putting this poor fellow's madness on display for all the world to see. You're humiliating him publicly. Madness, just madness to wear a gown. This crazy, this is just like, crazy. It's just so much to get worked up that way. Another, I'm gonna need a whole day of watching reruns of the A-Team, old Westerns and action movies to get these images out of my head. Vomit emoji. This world needs masculinity now more than ever. Has oh, it gone goodness. somewhere? Did uh, masculinity go somewhere and I didn't know? I don't know. I'm doing my best to just keep it alive and well. I mean, it's never <laughs> been something that I personally related to on a very yeah. um, on a very close level. But I, I think still, we reached for it, though, Emerson. Many times we reached. And come on, you were 
oh so masculine in sorted wedding come on oh fuck yeah i mean i can put on that costume i can put on the costume of stereotypical masculinity i would yeah. i would like to read another tweet from someone one of our friends allison tolman said this is not a hot take but man i just fucking love harry styles what a guy that's yes. the way to do it allison and then another said, what is wrong with you people? Absolutely insane and demonic. demonic. Demonic! All the way to like possession by the devil. I mean, Mab, calm down. He's in a skirt, not destroying, you know, Western civilization. Oh, and then yes. another. And, and then we get two different kinds of bigotry, which is fun. I totally am fine with gay men doing this. Straight men though, hell no. I don't know how many psychologists and biologists have to study human evolution to show you women are attracted to strong masculine men provoked to get it, but maybe they will one day. So she basically said, I'm fine with sissies looking like sissies, but a regular man, just a regular old man, how dare he? And I bet they watch Drag Race on Friday nights when it's on too. But um, and also, let's be, and also there are plenty of men, those like ambisexual androgynous rocker boys in every era seem to have found plenty of women who are attracted to them if it yes. doesn't work for you personally don't date a man who wears a dress sometimes the that's end. right I, I i found i think a lot of heterosexual women love david bowie and yeah. um and then the so. final well a little self-hating homosexual why would anyone even want to wear that mess I can see women wanting to wear the more relaxed clothing style of men, which generally they do, but with some changes. But this is way too complicated. And girly says this gay man, sir, if you don't want to wear a dress as a homosexual, don't wear a dress. But you don't need to be self-hating at the same time. Ridiculous. All right. Well, let's get some of y'all's reactions, because here's the thing, like the grand discussion. The point of the discussion of toxic masculinity, which is what they're really getting into, is a kind of masculinity that devalues men who don't behave in that way or who don't aren't interested in those kinds of things, right? It's about all expressions of the kind of men you are, whether you're a feminine man or somewhere in between or a masculine man, that one is not better or worse. They are just different and different kinds of people are attracted to different kinds of expression. That's the real goal. And what they're really saying is, stop telling us that we can't be that good old kind of masculine that's bigoted. I think they're scared. They're just going, oh no, Harry Styles might be gay. That's probably what it's really, if you scratch a little deeper, they're worried, they're worried. Yeah. I'm tired of people that are so blind, they can't see we live in a state of toxic masculinity. And that's the real thing we're getting to. Alan said, not to mention the American founders who all wore wigs and silk stockings up to their ease. Knees. And makeup. Yes, and Regan, great point. Masculinity is too synonymous with misogyny and dominance of females. The recent advancement of women in military spaces of high rank speaks to the equalization of those who are talented. And that's the big point of toxic masculinity, right? If you're a woman drawn to a specific kind of strong masculine guy, that's great. If that strong masculine guy thinks that he can treat all women in a certain kind of way because of that masculinity, that's the negativity. We do, it's the assumptions and the unequal treatment that is the point of fighting it. And as others who have said, oh, Chris, hold on. Is this pre-recorded? Is this live? Chris, it says in the title everywhere you could possibly be watching it that it's live. We just don't <laughs> get to every comment as it's happening. Uh, <laughs> Liam said, Yes. Uh, later on, later on, when it's living on my Facebook page, it will be pre-recorded. Right yes. now, it is live. Correct. 
Leanne said, I for one could stand a little more Harry Styles in a dress and a lot less Trump flying tobacco spitting assholes. Correct. Thank I'm you, Leanne. Who isn't an asshole. But if you are that good old standard stereotypical kind of masculine guy, you're the one who is best placed to make sure that other guys like you don't treat women or men that aren't that kind of man, but are still just as much a man, that they aren't treated unequally or lesser as a result. Amen. Um, so anyway, and, and also, and y'all, the, and the people, like the Candaces and the Bens and whatever, they're just doing it because they do. Y'all, they only do what they do to get podcast listeners to sell books. Candace made a big old stink, and three tweets later, it was like, my book is number one. She just wants attention. She's Ann Coulter. Don't bother with those. We worry about it when it's our elected officials, and we counter it. And the reason I shared regular people's responses is that we should fight it when there are just plain old other Americans who also share these ridiculously old-fashioned and bigoted opinions that are harmful to young people when they see them. Right. That's why. All right, well, we've reached the midpoint of the show, which means it's time for a commercial break. We do this for fun, to share stories we think are important and or silly so we can think together or laugh together. And if you enjoy it and are sitting on a pile of cash and want to share some of it with us, you can send us a tip on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Colin Shores Productions at Gmail below. It's in the ticker. It's in the chat. If you can't, don't worry. I get it. I'm this, I, my unemployment just got extended. I'm very excited about that. Oh, good, Emerson. Good for you. Uh, well, I, and and by tip we mean money, not some suggestion about oh, yeah. our wardrobe yeah. or our our politics. <laughs> I'm not interested in your fortune cookie thoughts or your homework card. <laughs> Inscriptions, uh, we mean dollars one, five, a hundred, a thousand. If your heart is just moved, and you have too much money, you don't know what to do with it. Um, I'm, a, I'm confused about what goes next. Um, did we skip the are we skipping the marriages and Tyler story? Are we gonna hold no, go just go right on? I just did that because we were at the middle. Okay. Oh, so so over the weekend, Tyler, Texas, which I have been to many, many times, Sandy Duncan's hometown, was host to a six-hour marriage-a-thon for LGBTQ couples worried about the fate of marriage equality. In direct response to Amy Coney Barrett being confirmed to the Supreme Court, Rainy Castaneda, who runs Fickle with Mysticism and gives customers tarot readings and birth charts, Plan the event and officiated the ceremonies. Castaneda identifies as non-binary. Five couples tied the knot as dozens watched and celebrated with them. Cedar Creek Cookie Company provided sweets and goodies when a harpist played during the ceremonies. This is a peaceful, loving demonstration in response to Barrett's confirmation. Castaneda said, uh, "This is." Uh, Oh, that's that was repeated. It, it's saying that you cannot outlaw love. You cannot repeal, revoke love. You can say all day long that you're going to, but at the end of the day, LGBTQ people still exist. They will still exist, and they're still going to love whether you approve or not. Um, the big fuck you in a way. Not gonna, doesn't matter what you think. Uh, being able to create that space for LGBTQ community in East Texas, even if only for a day, Castaneda said, is wild. Even if it's not a huge event, we have made history here together in the center of town. We're unignorable. I love that word. You can't pray this away. We're here. We exist. And we're proud of it. 
uh, Jenna Rose, a trans woman, summed up the emotion behind the event saying, we're not sure whether we can wait another year because by that time, we may not be able to get married. It's If something happens to one of us, we can't make decisions over their life. What's going to happen with our child if we can't get married? You can find uh, Rainy on Instagram at that fickle witch with more photos from the event. And uh, I love Tyler, Texas. Do you remember how many people when we we screened a very sorted wedding downtown Tyler, Texas, and we thought this is a mistake because one of our investors asked us to do it, but we wanted to, to, to please them. It was packed, y'all. People drove from all of East Texas, even from Louisiana to see that because there are there are a lot of queer folks out there in the hinterlands. They're not just in the cities. They're living and and thriving and out and proud. And the manager of the theater was so excited to be able to have it. And it is sometimes in you know, places where people don't have as much content, they're even more excited. And I love that they did this. My first boyfriend was from Tyler, Texas. So I drove there a bunch from Dallas with, my, uh, to, with his family there. And so I love that they did this. It was a beautiful statement. And so bravo to the fickle witch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then exciting and not at the same time, I want everybody to meet as a celebration first, because I've told y'all before that I grew up in scouting. I was a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout. Um, so meet uh, Beatrix Jackman, who is one of the first, uh, she's a 19 year old trans woman who is a now officially an Eagle Scout. She's one of the first members of the inaugural class of female Eagle Scouts. Uh, she had been in Scouts since she was in elementary school, but chose to leave when she came out as trans because of their policies, uh, but she always wanted to return. She says, I came back to partially lead the way for other girls like me, but also because I was almost done and I wanted this closure. Now, to earn the Eagle rank, only 6% of Scouts do. I did not get it, much to my father's chagrin. Scouts must plan and execute a community service project. So her project was to craft and give away over a hundred self-made mental health kits to LGBT youth mm. through Peace Flag Austin. And I love that. And it was an exciting like celebration story. Bravo to Beatrix and you know, this progress uh, with Scouts welcoming women and trans Scouts. And that happens as just yesterday was the final deadline for anyone to come forward with abuse allegations in the Boy Scouts program. There are over 90,000 claims that came forward, ranging from age eight to 93, all 50 states, military bases in Germany and Japan. Now the claims will be vetted, but this number far dwarfs even the Catholic church uh, for abuse allegations. Um, and it's related to, as they are going through bankruptcy and organization, what they can claim in settlements against it. But it is a horrifying number. Obviously any case is horrifying, but the scale of that uh, many, many of them are cases that have existed from the 70s and 80s before policies changed, before training changed, um, but still, nonetheless, a incredibly heartbreaking number um, of claims. And so we'll see as that progresses. Um, but so a two-sided uh, coin for the Scouts USA program this week. Uh, let's see what John said about scouting. I was a Boy Scout. It didn't go well. My dad was busy setting camp and the older boys abused me. So see, they're the lack of supervision, um, there's lots of, of cases related to that. Regan said, I was happy for Beatrice. I know that the Eagle rank means she's a great kid, that what matters knows. So a lot of challenging. Scouting was very in, uh, very powerful and important in my own life as a like skinny, gangly kid that didn't feel super masculine, 
learning to camp, learning to tie knots. I staffed at Boy Scout camp. I went backpacking in New Mexico at the Boy Scout ranch there. Um, so there are really positive aspects to this program if they can find a way forward. Um, and they seem to be working really hard at that. So hopefully that continues. And many of you may not be shocked that I was not a Boy Scout. Uh, I was a Royal Ambassador for Christ. I was also an RA as well. And our, that, yeah, we didn't do much. We just kind of got together, played yeah. softball, and learned how to tie a rope or something. I mean, what we so Southern Baptist sissies basically said it all. What I learned in in uh, Royal and Ambassador. All right, but as a, I know that pledge as a Royal Ambassador, I will do my best to become a well responsible follower of Christ. I don't um, remember those. I can still do the Boy Scout ones though. Ken said most of the boys in my boys group troop came out in college. None of us had any idea. I mean, a number of my first crushes were older boys and boy scouts, I will say. So. Wow. Oh, uh, wait, hold on. We got lots of, oh, Chris was an RA. John oh, was an yeah. RA. There were lot, all of us little Baptist boys, RAs. What was it? Page, Knight. What was it? Something Page, Knight. The Page, Squire, Knight. Yes. Yeah. And then I have had and, the little pin. And then Queen Scepter. Oh, no, that was GAs. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, I just really wanted a Scepter. She was at Missionettes. Oh. I know. I was I was always a little uh, jealous of the GAs with their scepter and crowns. I, I needed that scepter and crown. That's why right. I started being obsessed with beauty pageants, I think, because of the GAs. Um, yeah. All right. Um, we have uh, Jesse James uh, Keitel has made LGBTQ television history as the first non-binary series regular in a lead role on prime time TV as Jerry on David E. Kelly's new drama, Big Sky, an ABC series that also stars uh, Kylie Bunbury, Catherine Winnick, and Ryan Felipe, uh, Reese's old, old guy. Uh, previously, uh, Keitel appeared in Alex Strangelove, Younger, and the Student Academy Award-winning film, Miller and Son. The character of Jerry is a trans-feminine, non-binary artist and sex worker who is one of the targets of an abductor of women. In a prior interview with the advocate, Kaitel, who uses they, them, and she, her pronouns, said they hope the story may change some hearts and minds among conservative viewers regarding non-binary and transgender people. Uh, TV is the most powerful medium we have right now, Kaitel said. It's accessible to so many people people who are normally, uh, who normally wouldn't get to experience a person like this. So congrats to, uh, to them uh, yeah. for their role. Look Super at exciting on the visibility level, uh, but also like David E. Kelly and Ryan Phillippe, like Ryan Phillippe's ass and Cruel Intentions was one of the defining moments of my personal sexual journey. Like I want that. That, that's that's for me. That's for me. So that's, I watch literally, I check into every new thing he does because it's just important, just important to my development. And he was married to Reese. He has them children. They share children together. But I don't care about them kids. Oh, stop it. I don't. I'm not interested. Reese Witherspoon's Instagram, she is the like best hype woman for Deacon's new music career. But I just mean, good for them. I'm not anti, I just don't care. I'm not interested I, I in many, many 16 year olds lives. That's not relevant to my personal journey at this time. All right. Um, okay, I wanted to debunk. 
What's everybody watching on the television? Tell us what you're into these days while I tell this quick story. Um, from my people's couch era, I still have hung on to all of the Real Housewives, and they are often terrible examples of humanity, and that's why I tune in to have a good time and feel better about myself. But on this past week's episode of the Real Housewives of Orange County, a very organic and lovely moment happened. Uh, Bronwyn Wyndham Burke has a very large family. This is her second season on the show. And in this past episode, her 14-year-old son, Jacob, shared with her and viewers uh, that he is exploring drag in a new persona he's named Divine Devin. In the show, he explained that he always enjoyed having his sisters put him in dresses when he was younger. He said, I kind of dressed up like a girl and acted like one for my whole life. My sister used to dress me up and put me in dresses and all that. What if I do this, but on a bigger and grander scale? Because it's just a lot more fun, a lot of fun. He added after the makeover that being dressed in drag was the most empowering he's ever felt in his life. Um, in the episode, we see him try on the dresses, the outfits, and it was truly, truly fun seeing the family just have a good time. It didn't see faked and forced or performative for the camera. Um, and Bronwyn, as his mother declared, I got your back, kid. She posted this preview and said, so proud of this beautiful child. We're so proud to be your parents and honor your strength. Stay tuned for something special next month when you get to see the final look. And I just loved it. It was a very organic Aww. exploration of kind of what we were talking about with Harry Styles earlier. It didn't seem to have anything to do with his sexuality journey as they expressed, purely a visual gender right. performance right. exploration. Um, and I loved it. It was super fun. So in television, because I asked you, they just premiered The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and y'all, I'm so here for it, but you're not doing it. So what are you watching? I, well, okay, well, I'm watching The Undoing right now, and I, I oh my God, I, I I know, I know there's holes in it, there's, it's, it's, I cannot stop, and uh, it's, it's, I, I literally had an hour discussion the other day with Beverly D'Angelo on our hike about who did it and why and why we thought and it's it's what we used to call water cooler shows uh -huh. and um it's 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 fantastic and uh, it's it's worth watching just for uh Nicole Kidman's wardrobe it those coats are yes. ridiculous and I, I wonder if anybody else is watching the undoing it's uh, I, the only thing i don't like about it is i want to know i want to see four five and six already i can't i like the streaming because of that yeah, uh, my newest, and this may not count as actual TV, it does, uh, The Crown. Okay, I have watched eight episodes of The Crown in the last two nights. Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher is so uncomfortable because, first of all, she's bisexual. She's kind of a queer icon, and I adore her as an actress. We recently watched her do Streetcar Named Desire in London, a production on Amazon earlier this lockdown. And so to watch her portray someone who was so terrible to the LGBT community with Section 28 and with not acknowledging the HIV and AIDS crisis uh, is very weird because she is amazing. It's I need to, I just need to start, I guess, from the very beginning, right? But the crowd oh God, season to season though, right? It, you you don't have to watch the first season to enjoy the fourth season, correct? Is that, Am I it, right there? It is all the story of Queen Elizabeth, I promise. You just need to watch it when you're not sleepy because you'll be like, mm. it is extraordinary filmmaking. The costumes, 
the locations, the performances from everyone at every level throughout. Claire Foy in the first two seasons is young Elizabeth. Eliz Olivia Coleman in these two seasons, the actress that played- Well, Martha, I love her so much. In the so first I... season, and now it's Helena Bonham. Like start at the beginning, go all the way through. And how many episodes per? Ten, I, I, you can look it up on Netflix. Yeah, we don't- to, Oh, shut up. Uh, the Queen's Gambit is what everybody else is telling me to watch as well. It's in the set, like it is, we've done three, we're, we're being a little slower with that because there's only seven, that's how many there are of that one. Um, it's amazing as well, it is incredible. I, I don't know if you. Oh, did you have an aunt at me? Uh, there is. are six, there are six episodes of The Undoing. <laughs> um, well, I don't have the budget for HBO at this point because I have CBS All Access, Hulu and Netflix. And, I th and WOW presents for my drag race. My budget cannot afford HBO current. Well, I just might be giving you a little present. Check your text message. <laughs> be like, just give me a login. HBO has enough money. I don't feel. I don't feel that bad. Alan's rewatching Shit's Creek. Yeah, is anybody else doing uh, comfort rewatches? Ken's watching The Masked Singer for the first time. Oh, I, 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 I kind of burned out on it, but I, I liked it early on. And and now that it's it's so crazy with COVID, the mask singer. I just thought that had the irony there. Um, yeah, it is. It does seem like it's so much more relevant now. But I can't. I can't. I just cannot do another singing show. I just needed a break from. Oh, I'm watching the voice. I'm all. I'm all into the voice. I John I will be watching it tonight. Streaming. We are who we are right now. Same HBO. I I can't do HBO currently. Um, wait. Hold on. Oh, everybody's getting ahead of me. Douglas, Star Trek Discovery sounds kind of bland now. I haven't done the new section of Star Trek Discovery. I will because Beth Grant's daughter, Mary Chifo, Wilson Cruz, Anthony Rapp. I'm a Star Trek nerd. I'm watching the animated Star Trek right now, Lower Decks. I'm that far down. It's an animated show about the people that work in the bottom of the Star Trek. Is that so interesting for you, Dale? It is kind of interesting. Lower Decks. It's like, yeah, I, I, I would like those people. Um, um, that's John Martin. I'm a CW whore. I'm watching, what's Kevin Williamson's current uh, fairy oh, tale show? It's, it's like mashed up fairy tales. I've watched 12 episodes and I can't remember the name. John, I watch everything the CW has. They're my favorite bad, good shows. Where like half the actors are really talented and the other half are pretty and can barely say their lines. I love it. What David said, his dark materials. I got lost in the first season of that. Wait, Erica, I'm watching Punky Brewster. Yeah, <laughs> good. Well, you know, I told you every single time I get a little bit down, which has not been often lately, I want everybody to know, I just go to Sex in the City and I continue to watch it because it's like reach, it's like finding old friends. And I think that that's sometimes, you know, Erica, I get it. Punky Brewster, you know, gonna. Um, yep. Brent's re-watching Designing Women. I just finished a Turkish show about vampires with subtitles, and I'm currently in season three of Fox's Lucifer show that went to Netflix. My comfort food is like nonsense fantasy. Oh, Alan, wait, this is for you, and then we'll move on. Not uh, playing, oh, wait, no. That's not the one I was trying to get to. But that's uh, nice, Chris. that's nice. Chris, by the way, Sorted Lives helped me come out to my Southern Baptist preacher dad, and you nailed that life in your writing. Oh, thank you, sir. Um, I, oh. I, I got it. I get emails weekly about sorted lies and sissies about how people brave enough to show them to their parents. Um, and oh. I love that. I love that. 
Um, all right, well, that was fun. I'm trying to give us discussion times, y'all. Um, and now you can do those Bangladeshi women. Okay, so there's an international celebration story that we have for you today. Bangladesh has made history for the opening of its first ever Islamic uh, college for trans Muslims in the city of uh, Dhaka. Up to 150 transgender students will be allowed to study at the college. It opened on November the 6th with 40 transgender people enrolling on its first day alone. Trans students in Bangladesh will have the opportunity to learn about Islamic teaching in at the college, while a separate department will also offer technical education. A 27-year-old trans woman called uh, Nishi said she was expelled from school when she was still a child after teachers found out about her gender identity. She said, I left home when I was five to six years old. I've stepped into a madrasa again after so many years. It's a moment of immense joy for me. I want to learn something before entering the job market. I won't need to look around for a livelihood. I won't need to look around for a livelihood then. She enjoys doing makeup and sewing and hopes to one day be able to put her passions to use by finding a job where she could use them. And I think that's a great idea. Uh, in an actress, an address, in an actress, in an address to students, Abdur Rahim Azad, the founder of the school, said, We often blame the heroists, which are the transgender people, for their alleged undisciplined lifestyle, but they are not the ones to be blamed, I think. Rather, we as a society are to be blamed. We won't let them attend schools, seminaries, or universities. We won't let them have a decent job. What else would they do? There right. are let me let me take that last. Let me move us on. And that's an exciting celebration in our international news because we've been talking about so much negative happening in Europe um, and related to the Europe stuff and Hungary and Poland and the stories we've been doing there. The European Commission, the EU's executive branch, wants to criminalize homophobic hate speech assure the recognition of LGBT people's parental rights throughout the continent and address other concerns in a new plan they released last Thursday. And it's clearly targeted because just yesterday, Poland and Hungary vetoed the EU's next seven-year budget that also includes a coronavirus recovery plan because of a mechanism in the budget that would link EU funding to the rule of law. So they are aware that their bigoted policies, their incredibly conservative and bigoted governments are being targeted by the rest of the European Union and they're trying to veto the budget, um, but it's likely to go ahead and pass at some point because this is the money that they get from the EU. So I love seeing the other countries pressuring them from the organizational level on their budgets um, and calling them out. Yeah, good, good. And then we've got a fun and Frivolous end to our show where John Waters made a sizable donation to the Baltimore Museum of Art, offering to donate the bulk of his private art collection to the museum after he passes away. Uh, the Baltimore native and resident has been a serious art collector for more than 50 years. He's also a visual artist, the subject of a career retrospective at the Baltimore Museum and Ohio's Wexner Center for the Arts, entitled John Waters Indecent. No, is that, yes, an indecent exposure. Uh, the promise gift includes 375 works from Waters' fine art collection. It also includes 87 prints, sculptures, 
mixed media and video pieces by Walters. It will make sure the Baltimore Museum the greatest uh, is the greatest repository of his work because large donations often receive naming rights, a wing or a gallery. And this is my favorite part of this story, a bench. Waters received that as well. So now the museum patrons can use the John Waters restrooms in the East Lobby of the Baltimore uh, Museum of Art. And this is what's great about it. He asked for that specifically. He said, I fought for that. People thought I was kidding. He had already uh, thinking of possibilities, lines flowing out the door, people just itching to get in, a new must-see destination for his hometown. He added, uh, maybe people will come from all over the world to eliminate there. There will be something that the uh, Maryland Tourist Bureau can push. He does admit to being a, a, a public restroom adverse, saying, you know, I don't think anyone should go in the bathroom. I think you should eliminate it home. Uh, bathrooms are always unmentionable. Sometimes uh, people meet in bathrooms. You just never know. And at the same time, I just went along with it, my sense of humor and the kind of art that I appreciate. I thought it might make people laugh. I think that's very, very important with art too. And there's also a chance that the John Waters uh, restrooms may feature some of his art that he's donating to the museum. He says he has a piece by Tony Tassette called I Peed in My Pants. And there's a wedged lump by Mike Kelly that looks exactly like a giant turd. I also have uh, George uh, Stoll's chiffon toilet paper. And I have a lot of art that would, would work in that bathroom. Beyond the two lobby restaurants, the museum is also naming a space in the European art galleries, the John Waters Rotunda. So um, this is a I love story. it so much that he asked for the restrooms and yet then he refers to shitting as eliminating. Have you ever heard it called that before? I have not. That was new. Have you, have you eliminated today? Emerson? I have. My elimination I think is it's, usually in the morning. It's a, it, I think it's more a, um, a medical thing. Have you, uh, you know, uh, I think a Southern nurse would say it. She says, uh, yeah, Jonathan Emerson Collins, honey, have you eliminated today? Uh-huh. They say, here's some prune juice. We're going to get your elimination schedule back on schedule. Uh, you, you need to eliminate more often. I think I you're bloated. You're bloated, uh, I just, darling. I just think it's so funny. We just we, we just watched Polyester the other night. I had never seen it all the way through. I haven't either. I, I, I feel uh, like... In reading this story, I felt like I need to do what you're doing. Go and just watch all of the John Waters. Like and it's hysterical. It was one of the most successful because uh, Tab Hunter was in it. Um, but, oh, my God, there is an, a line that I keep saying at one point. There's a character that just flails at all times. She never stops moving. And she says, I'm getting an abortion, and I can't wait. <laughs> so, God. Um, elimination, uh, whatever. Before we get to the end, somebody asked a question that is good for our promotion. Leanne said, does the eye at the top represent how many people are watching? If so, can we all commit to sharing this because a lot of people are missing out on this wonderfulness? Y'all, we try not to be like too aggressive, but like the more you share at the beginning of a broadcast, the more people will see it, even if they find it later in the day. The number at the top of yours represents how many are watching where you are watching. Like if you're on Dell's Facebook page or my YouTube, I don't think you see the combined number. I'll be honest, we usually sit between 40 and 80. We varies through the hour on a live show and then get up to a thousand or so in the rewatches. Um, Ken answered, that's how many are watching on Dell's Facebook page. They're also streaming other places. So that is correct. So yes, it really is meaningful. You really can help 
by sharing the broadcast. Um, or you can tip it, as we said at the beginning. Thank you to Michael Shane, who did contribute during today's show. And if you want to tip as you go out into your after your evening, once again on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. And we are grateful. And this was a fun show, Emerson Collins, as always. Uh, it, uh, yeah, start sharing, start sharing. It's, I remember, um, I believe that when my kids were little, we watched Sesame Street and there was a song, It's Fun to Share. Oh, that's the way it is. Truly, Uli, Uli is. What are you going to do today? I think I'll share. Yes. <laughs> Wait, we did get an answer. Voiding. That's much more the common that's, one. My grandmother said, uh -huh. You know, or when you die, sometimes people void their bowels after death. Voiding, eliminating was a new one. And 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 have you had a BM? Uh -huh. you, did you hear that? With how's your BMs? How's your BMs? After you have uh -huh. diarrhea, your, my nana would say, "How's your BMs doing?" Uh -huh. <laughs> all right. Well, that seems as good a place to end it. I, yes, I hope uh, your eliminations yeah. are all successful this evening, and we'll be back on Friday. Thank you all for tuning in. Bye, y'all. Uh.